The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Absolutely awesome to see you down in Florida, Roddy. Unfortunately, you are at the grind. Working. LOL. Enjoy it, man. You deserve it. How about that? Listen, please don't feel sorry for me. Darren, do you feel sorry for me that I got to work? I feel sorry for me. (laughs) Exactly. From the slurpy capital to the land of the newly wed and the nearly dead, it's sunny Florida with the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Rick Regan. Thank you, Rick Regan. But it ain't sunny today. I'll tell you that, man. Almost had to wear a jacket, guys. You talk about feeling sorry for me. Almost had to put a jacket on today as we broadcast live from Dodge City. And it's daytime sports talk show. I know I feel a lot like so here for college game day. Can we get Moose on the screen? Can we get the Moose? See if he's so far. I was uh, I was taken aback. I wasn't ready for that intro. The newlywed and the nearly dead. That's Florida. Yeah, that's a Dan. That's a Dan Plaster line. God's waiting room, as they say. I like uh, it. down here in Florida. But it's been it's been raining all day long, and they've assured me that by the time that we got to air, that the the sun would come out and the rain would stop. But it's it's not. But that's okay. Here in Dodge City, we got the best broadcast location in the state. And I got a lot of things to get to in a moment in the Quick Six Show topics. I just want to tell the viewers that coming up in the program as we continue our uh, range of NHL team previews, Bob Stoffer, the Edmonton Oilers radio color commentator, will be joining us. Our good friend Bobby from 630 Chet Edmonton. And Paul Hendrick, longtime Leafs TV host and TSN Leafs reporter Paul Hendrick. And he tweets, will be with us in hour two. And I know, Darren, that you're dying to get to some specific points here in the quick six. We do have MLB. We have NHL. We have NFL. We have CFL. Let's get to it right now, please, Director Jordan. In the quick six. Thank you. I didn't quite open up the comments yet, folks, so just keep your panty bunch before I get to your comments. Just give me a moose for a minute. Did you, Darren, watch any of Sorry, you're going to have to hit it. You just, you literally just broke up for a second as you asked that question. Did you, uh, did you watch any of the Blue Jays game last night? Only a little, I only watched a little bit of the game last night. I mean, it wasn't the greatest game for me to watch, but uh, no. just a little bit of it, a little disappointing it w- for the Jays. It's all good. It was, uh, it was, it was slow starting, I thought. And to be honest, they were in the trap. They were at Tampa Bay. 
And I heard this, uh, uh. I didn't realize that was Robbie Ray. Did you know that Robbie Ray is a tennis-like grunter or that annoying guy in the gym that's that last rep? Uh, that's Robbie Ray <laughs> echoing off the roof of the trop last night in oh. Tampa. So I didn't know if you noticed or could hear that or not. Oh, did you hear I that? I mean, yeah, I did. And it kind of was like it was Raphael Nadal-ish. Every time he throw, he hits the backhand, right? I mean... It's it's uncomfortable. It's a little bit uncomfortable to watch and listen to. Okay, okay. then you're with me on that. But Yeah. So I know that everybody was expecting us to start with football, but Shane Baz, this was his first career start last night. He was the long, blonde-haired kid for the Rays. Uh, He pitched two-hit ball for five innings to win his Major League debut in the AL East leading Tampa Bay Rays, cut Toronto's lead in the wildcard chase, holding off the Blue Jays. 6-4 at Tropicana Field, and Tampa Bay holds a seven-game advantage over second-place Boston with 11 games to go. The Blue Jays had their edge over the Yankees for the second AL wildcard spot, dropped to a half game despite homers from Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Marcus Semien. Now, I was watching the Rays broadcast, Moose, because I'm down here in Florida, and they are on pace for 99 wins, which would be a Tampa Bay franchise record i want to say it would be just the third time that they'd hit 100 wins uh i think it was 96 and 08 what would make you think the toronto blue jays could get 100 wins if the tampa bay rays have only done it three times in their franchise did you looking back do you think that's silly or did you actually think these guys could do it because they're not going to get it they're not going to get it they can't mathematically get it i i didn't think it was silly i mean what were they 45 wins at uh, the All-Star break, and they had been so disappointing, so many mistakes, and they had 45 wins, which put them on pace for 90. You know, I thought they only needed to get, what, 55 wins in the back half. I thought they would be that much better. I thought on paper this Jays team was better. Unfortunately, until a month ago, they hadn't done anything, and then all of a sudden they go on a little bit of a run. I just expected that second half to be a lot better than the first. It just wasn't the case. Okay, okay. Well, the Blue Jays are fading, and now they're just barely holding on to a wild card spot. So I just wanted to point that out. It was a good enough game. Um, and watch that actually over Monday Night Football. But by the way, hour one of the RP show is brought to you by Explore Edmonton and the HSBC World Rugby 7 Series coming up this weekend in Edmonton. And we'll tell you all you need to know about that coming up. Uh, point two. Monday night football, Aaron Rodgers throws for 255 yards, four passing touchdowns, and the Green Bay Packers smack around the Detroit Lions 35-17. to Across the way, Jared Goff, 246-yard passing and two touchdowns for the Lions. So a different quarterback, same result for them. But I, I, there are a lot of Packers fans, Moose, that watch this show, as you know. Right. And I thought, you know, this would be a good poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, who are the real Green Bay Packers? The ones that, well, here's here's the options I put up. Week one roadkill, 38-3 loss to the Saints in Jacksonville in the displaced game. Are they that? Are they what we saw last night, week two Monday night football champs, 35-17 over Detroit, or somewhere in between? And so far, 73% of respondents on Twitter are saying they are somewhere in between, but I, I got a kick of Aaron out of Aaron Rodgers last night after the game. Did you see? You must have him saying that this would shut the trolls up for a while. Yeah. What did, what did you think about Aaron Rodgers saying that? Well, my first reaction was, 
I didn't think we were trolling him all that bad. We said he had a bad game. He had, he had a bad game. They didn't look very good. We didn't troll, I don't think, you know, as a general media. Um, I don't think anybody thought Aaron Rodgers was finished. His career was done and he was washed up. But I think, you know, he takes a little pride in that. He, he, he's that kind of guy. He wants to he wants to shut up the haters. He wants to make a point. I think uh, he, they came out and proved it last night. They looked really, really good. I, I think early on, though, you know, Detroit was pretty impressive when they were taking leads and, you know, tied that game at 14 and had a short lead. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams looked good. And, I mean, if you had Aaron Jones in fantasy, you were winning. So four touchdowns for him, that's just unbelievable. So Green Bay is who we thought they were. They're a contender for the Super Bowl. I really believe that after last night. I just wanted to tell you, Moose, that for whatever reason, I'm not getting the viewer comments here. I have to reinstall the software. Okay. So by the time we get to block two, we'll, we'll have more. And it's going to be me and Moose rolling into hour two. Whoa, Bob's your uncle. You the got installation him. was Bob's successful. We got him. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'm moments away from having viewer comments. So hold on. Moving on to point three. You know that my top five, bottom five in the National Hockey League is very popular. Mm-hmm. Was, well, so are, so are your NFL top five. And when I got up this morning, you did not, you hadn't posted them yet. That's right. Coming out of week two. Right. So I went and found USA Today's, and they will be point four. Their power rankings of all 32 teams. And, but I did put a little fire under your butt, and... Uh, you did come out with your top five NFL teams coming out of week two. So I'm going to hand it over to my lovely and talented Jason Sudeikis lookalike contest winner, co-host Darren Dupont. Okay. At number five, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders. They've come into the top five. I mean, they won on, on, in prime time against a really good Baltimore team, and then they looked really good against Pittsburgh this week. Um, their defense is good. Derek Carr is one of the leading passers in the NFL. I've got the Raiders at number five. Number four, the Arizona Cardinals. They squeaked out a win. But Kyler Murray had another 400-yard passing game. Um, he was really good. Um, and, and they came from behind to beat Minnesota. I know the Vikings missed a kick, but Arizona, I think they're for real. Uh, I still got Kansas City at number three. The Chiefs are number three, coming off a loss. But look at if you put the Chiefs against Arizona, you put the Chiefs against the Raiders, they're going to play each other. The Chiefs will be favored in those football games. You put the Chiefs against the Ravens, Kansas City would still be favored in that football game. They're still one of the dominant teams in the National Football League, but they're not better than the L.A. Rams right now. Matt Stafford and the Rams are a very good football team. I've got the Rams at number two. Uh, there's some magic there with Sean McVay, and there was no way they were going to lose that football game. And, and now it, it's easy. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the class of the National Football League. Four straight games with four passing touchdowns for Tom Brady. He looks you know, so good. Nine touchdown passes through two weeks. That's never happened in his career. Gronk's on fire. Tampa Bay is number one. But close, I was really debating between, you know, putting Baltimore in the top five, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Carolina Panthers. For San Francisco and Carolina, they just haven't played good enough teams yet. But they're on track. And same with the Denver Broncos. You've got to beat some better football teams to elevate into the top five. But those teams all look really good through two weeks of the season. 
There you go, Moose's NFL Top 5. By the way, from our viewers, um, I, well, I see producer Clark is asking the viewers, how about that Blue Jays loss was the ump to blame? If you watch the game, that ump, the, the home plate ump, was drunk. That strike zone how was... About that? Was all over the place last <laughs> night. And if you... I don't know, man. If you have yeah. to blame officiating for a loss, and I know it's very hard when it's you, but I often say, if you left it in the officials' hands, then that's on you. And the Blue Jays are tough, in tough against Tampa Bay every time. Praise, we saw it again last night. So, uh, yeah, that that ump had a bad night, but I thought the Blue Jays had a bad night in a lot of ways. We'll get to the Chris Jones news in a moment. Uh, that is the breaking news. I don't have my breaking news bell here today, but Chris Jones has officially joined the Toronto Argonauts as defensive coordinator, but I'm not going to. We, we talk, all that was like so last week. Rob Somerville says, good morning, Rod Squad. I'm tuning in from the peg. Ironically, there were likely more Blue Jays fans at the Trop last night than actual Rays fans. Uh, the, the second that I turned the game on, I was like, Toronto's obviously in town. Huge crowd in the Trop, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, somebody has written in about my shirt. And they like it. Here it is from Stacy Champagne from uh, Access Television World Headquarters. Says, love that shirt. Do you know who my favorite team is, Moose? The Dallas Cowboys. Well, the Regina Pats are number one. Uh, whoever's giving me free stuff. Uh. As, as, as I say, <laughs> my good friend Miles Gurrell, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, always said, who is your Miles? He said, who's ever paying yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoever's giving me free stuff's my favorite team. And yeah, it's 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 the Bucks today. So those are Moose's top five. I'll say it again. Number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number two, Los Angeles Rams. Number three, Kansas City Chiefs. Number four, Arizona Cardinals. And number five, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, to point four, if you care, USA Today's power rankings. I'm not going to go through all 32 teams, but their top five look very similar to yours, Moose. Okay. The top three are the same. They've got the Bucks, the Rams, and the Chiefs. But their number four is the Cleveland Browns, and number five, the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. And I normally, as you know, I usually go to the bottom of these power rankings to see who they have last. The NHL, unfortunately, this is how soft they've got. As you recall, they stop at 16. That's why I had to come up with my own Bottom five, because the NHL doesn't want to point out the terrible teams. USA Today doesn't have a problem with that. Okay. But I didn't go to the bottom. I just figure it's got to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I want your take on this. We have some viewers that are Jags fans. And they're upset. Not only are they 0-2, but they've lost to some bad teams, including the Houston Texans in week one. And Urban Meyer has come out. You must have seen his clips this morning on ESPN, basically pleading with the fans to give them time. And I'm like, People don't really like Urban Meyer to begin with. And you've got a first-year head coach, a raw rookie quarterback, and the expectations are really high in Jacksonville. Like, I just assumed we all knew that it was going to be a rebuild. Why does Urban Meyer have to come out and play with the fans to be patient? Or is it 2021, you're paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for tickets? And as we've discussed before, rebuild is a swear word. Is that, is that where we're at with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now? They're too afraid to say that they're in a rebuild? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they admit they're in a rebuild. I think the fans will say they're in a rebuild. And they'll use that as a cover-up, right, for um, 
for a bad football team. But nobody wants to be in a rebuild. Nobody's buying tickets to go watch a rebuild. I'm not wearing my jersey around town saying, hey, look at us. We're going to suck for three years. That's just not going to happen. But they do need to be patient. I mean, you've got a new quarterback. You've got a new coach. You've got some young pieces. You're not going to be very good. I look at the schedule and wonder when the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win next. I just don't know when that's going to happen. Um, you know, at least when you look down the road in Houston, um, you know, across the States, they at least have a veteran quarterback, you know, and Tyrod Taylor, who now might not be healthy, but it's, it's tough in Jacksonville. They have to take some time. And now I'm, you're hearing all these types of things. I've heard Urban Meyer's name linked to the head coaching job at USC, you know, is he going to bolt after one or two games to go back? Like he come in here, got a taste and realized NFL's not for me, man. And I got to go back to, back to the, uh, you know, NCAA, but uh, they got to be patient in Jacksonville. He shouldn't have to say that it's going to take some time, but uh, this is the NFL and you don't want to pay hundreds of dollars to watch your team rebuild. It's like, Hey, if you're going to rebuild, if you're going to suck for a while, I'm going to keep my money and I'll spend it when you guys are good again. I see a ton of comments coming in from our viewers. I'm not sure if they're flashing them up on the screen or not, so I don't know whether to read them or not. But the general in Calgary says, if the Packers win next week, I'll be more convinced. From astute hockey says, we shall see how Green Bay does going forward. So it's still a, from Rob in Winnipeg, Packers seem like a Jekyll and Hyde team. So, yeah, so what have you done for me lately, business? They won on Monday Night Football, but we still don't know who they are. This is uh, the warm-up, as you know, for our friends at E-Cold Electric, and they got a new message for you, which I'll get to in a moment. But as my friend Brian said down here in uh, Florida the other day, can't wait for hockey season. The preseason opens on Saturday. How about this? We talk about the NFL Top 5. How about the National Hockey League Top 5, Moose? So here are mine. Okay. And this is simple. Yeah, well, we're just going off of my division picks, okay? The number one teams that I had by four divisions. So... Number one team in the National Hockey League. I'm sorry, you can't say that it's anybody other than the Tampa Bay Lightning when you're a two-time defending champion team, right? I go along with it. Number two, number two Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know how many people can argue with that. Number three, the Colorado Avalanche, who probably will win the Central Division in a, in a walk. And number four, the Metropolitan Division leading New York Islanders. I have them picked to win that division. So one Tampa, two Vegas, three Colorado, four New York Islanders. Five is the question. Who is the second best team of the four divisions? Because those are my division leaders. And don't say the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm starting to think it's the Florida Panthers. Yes. I don't know. Bill Bill Lindsay's got me convinced after our chat yesterday, the 16-year NHLer, the Panthers color commentator, Starting to think the Florida Panthers round out the top five. But I'm willing to listen to other suggestions. I, I just can't think that at that team, the fifth team resides in Canada. And as I look at my list, all five are American team. Yeah. Um, I know we're not going to say Toronto. They'd be the closest in terms of reaching the power rankings with what they have on paper of the, of the Canadian teams. You know, we talk about Montreal probably taking a step backwards this season. Ottawa's not there yet. Edmonton could be closer. Um, but I don't think it's Toronto. I don't think it's Toronto. It's Florida. For me, it's Florida, too. You could talk about Boston. Boston could be in that conversation. Um, but 
I'm looking up and down, and I and I and I gotta say, Florida. I, I've been high in them for the last two seasons. You know, from the bubble going into the bubble, and them getting an opportunity to get into that expanded playoff. Didn't do much with it, but they got in, and then they took big strides. You know, this past season, and they really pushed Tampa Bay. You know, I thought. They, there was lots of opportunity for them to beat the Lightning. Uh, they they got to Andre Vasilevsky, as we heard from Bill Lindsay yesterday, more than any other team did in the National Hockey League in the playoffs. Florida is on the uprise, and I think if their goaltending can be good. We know Sergei Bobrovsky. When he's on, he can contend for a Vesna trophy. When he's off, you don't know what's going on. But they've got him. They've got Spencer Knight in behind, so they've got some security. They've got good talent up front. Joel Quenville has stabilized the organization. Florida is uh, a team to watch here this season. Uh, by the way, where I, I lost track of time. When we come back and block two moose, we'll do all the CFL news because there's a lot today. Uh, the warm-up's brought to you by our friends at E. Cole Electric. Every day it is. Our annual fall promotion sale is on now with special pricing on hundreds of in-stock items. E. Cole Electric. Let's get to work. So that's been the quick six show topics, but only five of them. We'll delve into the sixth deeper when we come back. Also on the way today, Bob Stoffer, Edmonton Oilers radio color commentator, and Paul Hendrick, legendary Leafs insider. From South Florida, you're watching the RP Show. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues after this on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Trust me, you're listening to a happy customer. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond... Your space balls will thank you. Trust me. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Our peace show continues from South Florida. And I, I know that when we get into the quick six show topics, it's like trying to sip from a fire hose. I get it. And, and Darren, you... You, you see those comments in front of you, right? I got them. Where the heck did it go? They're talking about the re. I accidentally exited out of it. Yay. Everything's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I got uh, But with the Jerry, you got them. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, there was. It'll only take me a second to log back in here, but I got a lot of things going on in the computer. And we can sit and talk about the term rebuild and why it's a swear word. And somewhere over the last 10 years, I would say it's become a rebuild because i've worked so closely with teams they just ah, don't put don't say that we're in a rebuild yeah, yeah but you are i don't understand why but um 
Anyways, oh, I'm going to have to uh, plug in this laptop in a second, Moose. You're going to have to talk for a while <laughs> in a minute because this laptop's gone into battery-saving mode. I don't Which have one it. are we talking about? The brand new one. You better plug Your it brand in now. New one. <laughs> yeah, well, we got some we, we got some time. But here's the CFL. I didn't see any CFL power rankings today. Okay, I didn't see any. I think they usually come out on Tuesdays. What we do have for news is DeAndre Alford, Simone Lawrence, and Michael Riley were named the CFL top performers for the week of week seven. That came out today from the CFL. Uh, it was a night of first for Winnipeg DB, DeAndre Alford. First interception, first touchdown, and the first force fumble on the Bombers' 37-22 win at Edmonton. Simone Lawrence, I think we all saw what happened there. Eight tackles, a pass knockdown, an interception, and that was a scoop and score in the or a pick six in the Ticats 23-17 win over the Stampeders. And Michael Riley again eclipsed the 300 mark for the third consecutive week and his two touchdown passes sent the Lions to a 27-18 road win over Montreal. Now, we can talk about Mike Riley and what he's done, and, and, and we should. I was talking to Jason Greger in Edmonton this morning, Moose, 20, TSN 1260. This will be the first year he feels that Edmonton and Calgary – will miss the playoffs. It's the first time in Canadian Football League history that Calgary and Edmonton will miss the playoffs. Think about that for a second. It's yeah. never happened before. And, and I'm literally going to drop this Chris Jones thing on you and then run in to Dodge Craft City and grab the power cord for this laptop and plug it in because uh, we'll be toast otherwise. But Chris Jones, the Argos officially got around this morning to announcing that Chris Jones has joined the staff as a defensive assistant, and people are wondering why. It was a week ago Monday that, you know, we had the story that he was resigning from high school football in Tennessee and joining the Argos. Why did it take nine days later for them to announce it? And I think what it was was he quarantined his four days in Toronto. He obviously didn't coach with the Argos Friday night at Saskatchewan. He had to do his four-day quarantine. I think they had to sort out who was going to do what titles and that kind of thing, right, with Rich Stubler and so forth. And I see there are comments coming in here from viewers about the usual stuff. Is Chris Jones going to be the head coach by the end of the year? That's so last week, Moose, that we addressed that. I know. But there's a lot of things right there. The Alberta Death Valley of the CFL, and now Chris Jones is back. So you take it away, and I'll be back within, like, <laughs> two minutes. No, it's, 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 you're right. Like, the Chris Jones thing is interesting. It's really interesting because... Um, look at you, you have to coach a game last week and the Chris Jones news comes out that he's going to come in. You got two coaches who aren't vaccinated and they're not going to be with the organization, but you need Rich Stubler to coach the football game. He's got to call defensive plays. So you're not going to announce or leak out that Chris Jones is coming in to actually be the defensive coordinator because you need Stubler to call these plays. So this is about managing personalities and managing expectations uh, more than it is anything at all. Really? I mean, you need him in a right frame of mind. You can't coach a game knowing that you've got Chris Jones over your shoulder or knowing that another guy's taking the job. You have to coach the game to win the game like you think you're, it's your job. And that's how the Argos needed to approach it, and that's how they did approach it. But now Chris Jones comes in. He's the best defensive football mind in the organization now. He's the right guy to take over that position. Chris Jones wants to call plays. He should be calling plays. He should be scripting the defense, and he will be. So the Argos will immediately get better. And then there's no questions as to 
Well, is he actually the defensive coordinator? Is he actually calling plays? Is he just sitting here over looking over everybody's shoulders? No, you give him the title, you put him in charge, and there's no questions because you don't want to bring a guy like Chris Jones in just to sit there and watch and just to be an advisor because that'll just put people in, in bad situations. And when it comes to the Edmonton-Calgary thing, this is unheard of. But look at right now, Saskatchewan's better. Winnipeg's better. And the BC Lions are better. So it blows my mind that Calgary and Edmonton have never missed the playoffs in the same year before, but it's very conceivable that this could be the year. Well, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. No. And, and by the way, the, lap, yeah, the laptop is plugged in, by the way. But do you think there's a chance that, okay, what they say externally and what they say internally are two different things. That's right. So it could be, oh, it's a COVID year. Oh, it's a 14-game season. Oh, we were missing Bo Levi Mitchell. He was on the six-game injury list for three games. Oh, all these things. So Calgary still has, to a certain degree, a built-in ready-made excuse, but they're not going to um, – they're not going to – well, I guess we talked about this yesterday. They're not going to let themselves off the hook with that. But the Edmonton Elks, I'm not sure that they have a built-in excuse. Like, you look at all the coaches that have been fired uh, in COVID times, and let's, rem- let's remind ourselves, by the way, how long it's been. Doc Rivers was fired as head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, and Todd Reardon was fired as head coach of the Washington uh, Capitals in COVID times, Darren. Yeah. That seems like a decade ago. So I guess my point was those owners – those general managers didn't use COVID as an excuse back then. And by the way, I'm not saying Calgary and Edmonton are. I'm not saying that they are. Yep. But they could. Like, do you not feel that we're in just different times than normal or for are sure people willing to give them a pass for that? Yeah. I don't I don't know if they're willing to give them a pass because the playoffs are the playoffs. And when I look at and I'm a fan of my team and my team didn't make the playoffs. I'd sit back and be like, well, it's COVID. It was tough. It wasn't tough for the teams that did make the playoffs. They did it. They figured it out. Why couldn't we figure it out? You know, the Elks can go back to the, you know, the COVID situation and the outbreak and, you know, having to play, they're going to play, you know, a bunch of games in a short period of time and all of these obstacles. Well, the other teams didn't have to deal with it. So how do you deal with adversity? Look at there's adversity in every season for every team at some point, right? It's a matter of how you're dealing with the adversity. And those two teams, unfortunately, just aren't. And, you know, it, it comes around eventually for every organization. But in the history of the Canadian Football League, it's never happened for these two in the same year. It's crazy. Do you? Okay, well, you just said crazy. I was going to wonder if you found that. It blows my mind. As wild as I did. It blows <laughs> my mind. I think it, it does for everybody, doesn't it? And, and, you know, I talked to Gregor for quite a while today. Uh, he says hi to everybody, by the way. Jason Greger, when you can listen to him 2 to 6 this afternoon on TSN 1260 Edmonton. He was like, uh, went, you know, historically, and we're talking about teams that go back to largely the 50s, not as long as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But he was like, when one team has been good, the other one's been bad, and vice versa. And I just, yeah, I get it. I mean, we've been CFL fans long enough. I'm going now. Okay, I'm I'm reading some of the viewer comments here. Nelson Hakowicz has just written and said CFL power rankings. What are they, Nelson? What are they? Tell me. 
Have you seen them, Darren? I have it. Well, he's he wrote them in. Top of your screen. Um. Okay. Hang on. Well. Okay. We'll. Okay. We'll read them and then we'll break. I'm going to come back with Bob Stoffer, the Oilers color commentator. The uh, power rankings have Winnipeg one, BC two, Sask three, Hamilton four, Toronto five, Montreal six, Calgary seven, Edmonton eight, and Ottawa nine. Okay. I guess I can see why Ottawa's ninth, but I I'd probably flip Calgary and Edmonton. I'm going to write these down, Moose, and we'll come back and yeah, revisit them. Okay, I can when see we come it. back, yeah, yeah. When we come back, Bob Stoffer, Edmonton Oilers radio color commentator. We'll be back in a moment. You're watching the RP Show live from South Florida on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24 Hour Sports Radio at RodPeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. It's the RP Show. We're coming at you live from Dodge City here in beautiful South Florida. Just ahead of Bob Stoffer, uh, Jim Wagner writing us on the Prairie Mobile text line, and he says, Good morning, RP. I like the blurry background yesterday when I couldn't see how beautiful it is there, Roddy. Enjoy. Looking forward to another great show. Enjoy the day, all. Well, it's been raining all day, and Jordan did all this work to get everything fixed behind us, but we'll be back here for... For other shows, we're switching locations tomorrow, going to the beach house in Pompano Beach, Florida. But anyways, we're going to talk hockey and head up to the City of Champions. Bob Stauffer joins us from 630. Chad, host of Oilers Now, longtime Oilers broadcaster. How you doing, Bob? Oh, a little, uh, well, not surprised, right? Same old, same old last night. And uh, we'll see if it's the same old, same old starting Wednesday as we break training camp for the Edmonton Oilers. How do the rookies look, by the way? What's your assessment of how the rookies have been here through a week of action? Well, I'm always the guy who believes in being honest, Rod. So we didn't do the game last night in Calgary. We did the game uh, Saturday, and the whole rookie experience from Edmonton's perspective changed because Dmitry Samarukov got hurt three minutes into the game. So that was Edmonton's, you know, he's one of the Oilers' two best defense prospects that won't be with the big team to start the season. Uh, the other one would be Philip Broberg. Evan Bouchard's going to be on the Oilers. I, without Dylan Holloway, who's their best forward prospect, and Sam Rukov, who's their second-best defense prospect, I would suggest to you that uh, the Oilers were a little light, and I think that played out last night. Ilya Konovalov, and I have spoken to several people on top of getting a little bit of video uh, back from last night's game. The Oilers and that minor played well, but it was a Flames game. The Oilers looked tired last night. They rallied back on Saturday from 3-1 down. They got the victory. Um, I don't think they, they built the deepest team for the rookie tournament. They got a lot of prospects on defense, and they're light up front, and so, uh, which is part of the reason why they've drafted Holloway and Xavier Borgo as first-round picks the last two years. And, I mean, look, they got the two best. The last three seasons, they got the two high-scoring forwards in the NHL, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle. I I realize there's people in central Canada that think Austin Matthews is one of the five best players in the world. Be nice if he finished maybe in the top five and scoring once, but uh, 
you know, the reality of the situation is they've, you know, they got tremendous top end talent, at the NHL level, but they need to support that with some younger forward prospects here carrying forward. Bob, legitimately, how many spots are open here as you get into main training camp? One. Fourth line left wing. That's the, I mean, I'm, That's I'm serious about this. Like, yeah, like I, I'm, 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 you got, uh, you got McDavid, Dreisaitl, Derek Ryan, and Ryan McLeod at center. So there's your four centers. Your four right wings are going to be Paul Yarby Yamamoto, who signed a, a bridge bet on myself deal uh, Friday night and it was announced Saturday. Uh, so Paul Yarby Yamamoto, they're both restricted free agents next year. They're both in at about 1.2 million. Uh, and then they've got uh, Zach Cassian and, and Josh Archibald. And uh, so there's four right wings and the, the top three left wings are going to be Hyman Nugent Hopkins and uh, Warren Fogle. And so the one spot where I think there's open competition is going to be a fourth line left wing between Tyler Benson and Devin Shore. And then one extra forward spot. And, you know, is that, I guess I'll include Brendan Perlini in the mix in the fourth line left wing. So Benson, Perlini and Shore. And, uh, and then where does Kyle Turris fit in? So I'd say one fourth line left wing on defense. The, the four left shot D are going to be uh, Darnell Nurse, along with Duncan Keith, and then Cuckoo and Russell. And the three right D are going to be Barry, CeCe, and Bouchard. And then uh, we're going to have Smith and Koskinen here. So the answer is one. Wow. So you've obviously thought about this. But let me ask you, so does that make training camp a little mundane for you? And I know it's short because you get into games right away, Bob. But like, because the expectations of the orders are immense, both internally and externally, you would just like to get the regular season underway because what you're telling me is there's not well, I, much to be decided in the preseason. I, and I realize, you know, in your market, Rod, I mean, you're probably talking riders, I don't know, 60 to 70 percent of the time. Just in terms of the hockey, what is like for your for the for the the viewership for your show? What's what's the sentiment on the orders? Like, do they expect Edmonton to compete uh, for the Pacific, uh, Pacific Division title? A a, we talk 60% NHL. We have that mandate, so there's really? that. B, yes, okay. I have the Edmonton Oilers, number two in the Pacific Division behind the Vegas Golden Knights, and even the Flames people aren't arguing that. Number two behind Vegas. Agree or disagree? Well, I finished three points behind Vegas two years ago with a lack of depth at forward, and they finished second last year in the Canadian Division, and Vegas doesn't have Marc-Andre Fleury. So absolutely, Edmonton, in theory, assuming that McDavid or Dreisaitl, God forbid, don't get hurt, I think Edmonton should be right there with Vegas. No disrespect to Laurent Brassois. He's not Marc-Andre Fleury. And Robin Lehner's had some ups and downs. Now, everybody will look at the Oilers goaltending and they'll say, Stoffer, don't have your 3D uh, Oiler goggles on. And, you know, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, and I'm first to tell you that goaltending would be the biggest question mark from my perspective but that tandem last year, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, had the seventh best save percentage in the NHL. Um, I don't think Mike Smith's going to replicate 923, but I don't think Miko Koskinen's going to come back with an 899. I think he'll go up and Smith will come down a bit. So I, my expectation is that Edmonton will compete for a top two spot. And I want Vancouver and Calgary in the playoffs as well. I, I think it's just way better. Uh, for Those markets care about their teams. I mean, it's their primary concern in those marketplaces in Calgary and Vancouver. 
uh, you know, for those clubs, you know, with all I, Tom McClellan's a great guy. He's in LA. They're going to have, they'll have a better team. Not quite sure how to assess San Jose. I know you had talked to Jason earlier today. His nephew's on that team. I'm not sure about the Sharks. I'm wondering whether or not they're, they're not a bit like a guy that's uh, seven eighths bald and refuses to take that final inch off and commit to going fully bald. Something that's, that I'll never have to worry about which is good in my case because at least I have hair because it makes uh, up for the fact that we're carrying some extra weight. But uh, anyhow, I, I digress. I think Edmonton will be competing, uh, Rod, uh, with Vegas. I think at, at minimum, a divisional title should be the, the primary. The owners have a way deeper set of forwards than they've had in the past. That's That, to me, is the biggest thing. The additions of Hyman and Fogel, maturation carrying forward with McLeod, who already looks pretty good with the uh, captain skates, uh, Derek Ryan, a smart, useful player, you know, coming in that can sort of gap fill and maybe insulate Ryan McLeod a little bit. Um, you know, the owners should have a good group of forwards. They should be better five on five. And they've had by far the best power play in the league the last two years. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see well, what so Edmonton can accomplish this year. I think we all are, but we're talking regular season stuff here. And I know that you're looking ahead. But what have you discerned over the summertime yourself? And what are they saying internally about the sweep at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets? How did that happen? Well, you know what? How much do you, I mean, it's it's funny, Rod. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, a guy that uh, runs numbers, right? Like, you know, I had a conversation with the Edmonton Eskimos in the mid-2000s about scouting. And we had a disagreement about uh, the influence of CJAP out of Quebec. And I'm like... I remember saying to Danny Machocha, Danny, those kids all play football for four more months than the kids that are being drafted at 22 out of the West in Ontario. And you have to gauge that in. It's just like in the NHL, you got to factor in a late birthday, a guy born after September 15th against a kid that's born on January 1st. Like it's just a night and day difference. And, um, you know, it's just like last night, you know, you have people sitting there uh, lamenting the province of Alberta uh, nationally on TV with two entities, CBC and CTV, that received substantial uh, government funding because Bell took a major uh, amount of money uh, from the Canadian government. And they're going after Alberta, and Quebec's got two and a half times the death rate per million that Alberta does. Wait a sec here. Like, when did we stop counting, you know, hard stats? So I got a ch- I get a chuckle, right? Like, I get a chuckle on, you got you to gotta look at the numbers. In terms of where the organization sees itself, they know they're better and deeper at forward. Different type of defense, more of a transition defense. I think they think they're going to be able to score, and they should be able to compete. But the one, there's one equalizer in hockey. It's goaltending. Like in football, if you don't have a quarterback, it's tough to win. Unless you got a real good team, then you can then you can have a game manager. And in hockey, the great equalizer is goaltending. Connor Hellebuck had a 950 save percentage last year, Rod, uh, Rod against the Oilers. In the four, Edmonton outshot Winnipeg on average by eight shots per game. Connor Hellebuck played like a Vezina Trophy winner. He outplayed Mike Smith head-to-head in that series, and the Winnipeg Jets won four one-goal games, three in overtime. So, you know, if they play that series over ten times, do the Oilers get swept in four straight? Probably not. But I'd argue they weren't deep enough and good enough. I mean, they were down to nine forwards and four defense in that triple overtime game. I think they feel they've addressed a bit of that depth. Um and we saw with Connor Hellebuck against Montreal, he came back to earth. And the Canadians, I I thought, you know, the Jets were going to win that series until Mark Scheifele took himself out of that series. And and then the Canadians, right? Yep. And then and then the Canadians, right? I mean, come on, you like the Connor Hellebuck versus Carey Price. 
and you're thinking to yourself, all right, well, Price was a great goalie. Hellebuck is a great goalie. And the Jets' best player took himself right out of the series in a change. Against the Oilers, they didn't, you know, you have a team that's got the best power play in the league and the best player in the world can't draw a power play in four games. And then you lose three one-goal games in overtime. So how hard do you assess your team in that scenario? Well, obviously, they assessed it pretty hard because they went and added Zach Hyman. They traded Ethan Bear to get Fogel under the, you know, they brought back Tyson Berry. Adam Larson left for personal reasons, which, frankly, we could all understand. And, uh, you know, uh, they're going to, Evan Bouchard is going to be a big part of things. So they think they have a better team. And I, I tend to agree with them. I think they have a deeper team. And even the harshest critics, Rod, of the Oilers and what their team is, a guy like Dom Lucician from The Athletic, He's got Edmonton ranked the sixth or seventh best team in the league to start the year based upon the additions they've made. Well, you, you didn't even mention Duncan, Duncan Keith when you were going through your list of offseason acquisitions there. Yeah, so, uh, by the way, Northside YEG writes on YouTube, never can have enough Oilers talk. So uh, we'll write that down. Duly noted. Bobby, thanks for this. Always uh, love chatting with you, man. Good seeing you. Uh, have a great season, and we'll catch up here in the fall. When you're stuck and can't get anybody out of better out of Edmonton, give me a call. <laughs> right. All right, Bob. <laughs> the great Bob Stoffer, 630 Chet, host of Oilers Now. When we come back, it's viewer takeover. Anything you want to talk about, there is a ton of it. Oh, yeah. The general in Calgary says that I never bring on Calgary commentators. How about that, Clark? I don't know. Brian Leslie. That? Peter Labardius, Danny Austin. We, we only went to Calgary last week. <sighs> Again, viewer takeover next. Hour one of the show is brought to you by Rugby World Sevens. We'll talk about that too when we come back. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. That's your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, putting that away. <laughs> uh, is, hey, you're back I'm with here. us, Moose? Yeah. I feel like uh, this is going to be fast. You jump in any time, but this is where we take care of business, okay? Hour one of the RP show is brought to you by Rugby Sevens and our friends at Explore Edmonton. We're friends with Edmonton. The ultimate all-day party takes place in Edmonton this weekend. Two eight-hour days featuring teams from across the globe in action-packed Rugby Sevens matchups. The party continues in the stands with incredible costumes and unforgettable memories. Trust us, you've never seen a party like this. Purchase your tickets today at CanadaSevens.com. We've got a note from Explore Edmonton. Uh, proof of full vaccination or a negative on-site COVID test will be required to enter. Masks will be required when not in your designated seat. They can be removed when seated due to the event being outdoors. And single-day ticket passes are now on sale, meaning patrons can attend for as little as $60 for a full-day pass. So that's eight hours of entertainment for $60. You can purchase them all at CanadaSevens.com. And I don't know. I should probably do a sports update here. I'll, I'll do it 
briefly. You tell me, Clark, when we're out of time. A strong performance from Aaron Rodgers as the Green Bay Packers in the win column. Rodgers went 22 for 27 for 255 yards and four touchdowns as the Packers beat the Detroit Lions 35-17 last night on Monday Night Football. Three of those touchdowns went to Aaron Jones. He had another one on the ground. Packers 1-1, one one, Detroit 0-2. Oh Our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is who are the real Green Bay Packers? Week one roadkill, Monday night football champs, or somewhere in between? And last I looked on Twitter, over 70% were saying somewhere in between and 60% leading on Facebook too, saying somewhere in between. Toronto rookie Alec Manoa gets the start tonight as the Blue Jays face the Tampa Bay Rays at the drop. Manoa 2-1 and one with a 0.96 ERA in three games against the Rays this season. Toronto enters the day a half game up on the Yankees for the second AL wildcard spot. The Yankees face Texas tonight. And the Arizona Coyotes have proposed a $1.7 billion development in Tempe, just east of Phoenix, that will include a hockey arena. Renderings by the Coyotes include proposed restaurants, shops, and apartments on a 46-acre tract of land. The team says the arena would be funded by private investors but would seek city sales tax revenues to help pay for $200 million in additional costs, including infrastructure work. So the Coyotes not, not leaving the Valley without a fight. Sports update for the Tab Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store, where you never need to ask to have the CFL game put on. For Ballers Rec Room, Saskatchewan's newest entertainment facility, home of the four-hour Rough Riders tailgate party. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. How much time we got, Clark? Ah, Clark's eating something. My guess is it's a G2G bar. Moose, 40 seconds. What's your recap? What did you learn, Darren, in hour one of the RP show today for uh, Rugby World 7? Oh, boy, what did I learn? I learned that it's overcast in Florida, and that's better for our lighting. That's good. <laughs> I learned that I don't like being in the studio by myself. Yesterday was okay. It was day one. Uh, I don't like being here by myself. And uh, um, what else did I learn? I learned that uh, people aren't really sure what to think about the Green Bay Packers yet. I'd be more mm. convinced. I mean, I, I would look at last week as the anomaly. This week is what they are. But the general public doesn't seem convinced yet. That surprises me. Um, coming up in hour two, we've got the CFL power rankings. We'll tear those apart. We learned that in hour one. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about Chris Jones returning to Toronto. Uh, Paul Henrik will join us for a Leafs preview because, uh, oddly enough, they're the only Canadian team we have not previewed. How about that? Yeah. How Figure that, that one out. From Paul. You can throw it, swing a cat and hit a guy that can preview the Leafs, and we haven't had one of them on. So Paul Hendrick will join us to do that in hour two. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun and frivolity coming up right after this break. Hour one's been brought to you by Explore Edmonton and the HSBC World Rugby 7 Series. Get your tickets at Canada7s.com. We'll be right back after this break on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.